You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. 8.33 Central African Time. Uh, you are listening to the program after dinner minutes, uh, hosted by myself, Shafat Ahmad Khan, Lukolo on the board. And alhamdulillah, going into the segment uh, which we call Drive-In with Anwar. But Anwar is not well uh, this evening. And uh, then I thought of a super sub, someone uh, that I embrace and celebrate on this uh, platform. You hear him on Consciously Connected uh, doing the fishing report. You know, Adam Camda's fishing report. And uh, mashallah, besides uh, being a enthusiast and a you know, great sportsman when it comes to fishing, he's also an astute businessman. And, you know, he does, uh, he has a, you know, a car, uh, a spare shop and selling uh, windscreens and whatever name it, uh, Adam has it. But alhamdulillah, this evening I will be uh, talking, we'll have a light chat with Adam Camda when it comes to cars and it comes to drivers and so forth. Adam, assalamu alaikum. Warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And once again, a big jazakallah khair for you for joining us at a such short notice. Tell me, how are you doing this uh, beautiful evening, Adam? Wa alaikum salam, Shafat. Yes, lovely to be on air again. And the timing is perfect because we just came through load shedding. I was a bit worried that the show might be during load shedding time. But the power is back on and we're all clear to have a lovely show. Well, I tell you, you got the power, Adam, the power. and uh, you you resonated uh, so uh, you know positively with us on uh, Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah Wal Jamaa. Let's start off, Adam. Let's start the segment off. You know, we call it driving with Adam this evening. How's that? Instead of Anwar, we drive in with Adam this evening. And uh, Adam, can you recall the first car your dad had? By the way, is dad back from uh, Umrah? Yes, Shafat, Dad arrived yesterday evening, safe and sound. Thanks for all your du'as. I uh, had a fantastic trip to Makkah and Medina. I made lots of du'a for everyone. Uh, it's, so, it's so good to have him back home and uh, safe and sound, well-rested. He had a good night's sleep, sleep last night and uh, up and about uh, right and early today and uh, getting uh, all his chores done. Well, good to have him back and I tell Dad, give Dad a big hug from my side. You know why? Yeah, you love Dad, even I love him too. And he listens to us, Adam. Hey, he's your biggest fan. Now, what was Dad's first car? Um, Dad always uh, reminds us of uh, their first car. Uh, he and his cousin, um, uh, Noor, um, put, I think, 50 pounds each, and they uh, bought it. I'm not sure if it was something like a Studebaker or something. And uh, one of those vintage cars, well, in those days, it was new. And uh, they used to use it like one week on, one week off. So one week, Dad will have the car to himself, and uh, the other week, his uh, cousin would have the car to himself. So humble beginnings, you know, and uh, cars always uh, uh, helps you to, you know, uh, uh, foster amazing memories from, from your younger days, Shabbat. No, it's such an irony. You talk about uh, Dad's uh, first car with his uh, brother or uncle there being a Studebaker. And I recall me being told that my grandfather, you know, also my grandfather's a bar too, but he had a Studebaker too. Hey, look like our bar brews, uh, they liked the Studebaker at that time, Adam. Yes, Shafat, I suppose it was quite a popular car. And uh, also it was affordability as well, Shafat. You know, uh, cars were much cheaper those days, but money was a lot uh, harder to come by. And uh, as time goes, uh, the cost of cars have really escalated. Uh, as up to present, you know, it's really impossible to buy a car for cash. Uh, you have to uh, take finance and pay it off over at least four or five years. Well, there's it. We got the Studebaker. People, can you visualize a Studebaker? Yeah. Uh, even now. I mean, what would you pay for a Studebaker now, Adam? 
Yes, I'm sure those are collector's items now, Shafat. My good friend uh, Tony Moon is uh, quite a collector and he rebuilds cars. Uh, I'm sure he might have one or two of those in his collection, uh, so he might have some idea. But uh, uh, vintage cars today, Shafat, can go um, for anything from 400 to 500,000 rand up to a million rand, Shafat. Yeah, look at those uh, box Cortinas and uh, the Anglia. I mean, you look at the prices, you get a shock of your life. And sometimes you say, hey, why didn't I keep that microbus I had or that Toyota Tav or those, uh, you know, oh, my Cortina? I would have been a millionaire with all those cars. But we just let it go, Adam. But anyway, you know, uh, who keeps all these cars? I mean, you need space and uh, you need to give it TLC when you are, you know, when you want to become a collector, Adam. Yes, Shafat. Um, uh, talking from the experience of uh, my shop, you know, we, we stock certain products to take care of cars. Uh, there's the Mother's Range and there's the Maguire's Range. And uh, these products are designed predominantly to clean your paintwork uh, to, and then to polish them and bring out the, the, the real gloss in them uh, to treat all the interior of the cars. And there's two types of consumers. It's, it's a general consumer uh, like you and I that owns a car that wants to keep it in tip-top condition. And then you get the professional user like the panel beaters and the detailers uh, and the auto valet shops who really look out for these top-end products uh, to bring out the absolute best shine uh, in the vehicles. And especially if you are entering a competition, uh, the, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a segment of the population that takes it so seriously, Shafar, it's a really much... Uh, pretty much uh, a very scientific um, uh, hobby where you are always uh, looking out for the latest development and innovation uh, in chemical technology, Shafar. Adam, you know what? You're a professor now. You know, you have uh, you're that you in, in, in a certain area here in uh, in Durban. You live in, uh, you know, that your, your shop is in Amstratuzan, that in Chatsworth. There's a Chatsworth in UK also. But the language the guys use, they say, hey, Adam, man, how's it? I want to bone the car. I mean, tell the people huh. that's listening around the world when they tell you, I want to bone it. What do they mean, Adam? Yeah, I only remember using that word for shoes, Shepard. When your shoes are Chinese, <laughs> then your shoes are boning. But uh, yes, I'm sure there's lots of slang. I've uh, pretty much been out of touch uh, with the slang language, Shepard. My Most of my customers are prim and proper and uh, <laughs> always have lovely chats, uh, but not too much uh, slang being thrown around, Shepard. Yeah, you know, they always say, hey, you know, that guy is, lives in the outhouse, but he has, has a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> we'll go beyond that. Uh, and what was your first car? Yes, Shafat, I remember fondly uh, learning to drive on a Mazda 323. And uh, there were uh, four brothers. Uh, we were pretty close in age. So it started off with my uh, eldest brother, Mohammed, who is late now. He learned to drive on the Mazda and then uh, my brother AK learned to drive on it, and then myself and my younger brother Imran. Um, so very fond memories uh, coming through uh, matric day, uh, high school days into matric, and uh, each of us had uh, a lovely opportunity to um, go to all our uh, school functions and our friends' parties and uh, socializing and always picking up our friends and going out, you know, on the weekends. And really, really fond memories uh, on a humble. Uh, like a mustard kind of a color, three to three, and it was the perfect color as well, Shafat, because uh, if there were any rust spots, the color of the car kind of camouflaged it as well. Now you make a very valid point. I drove that three to three. I remember, you know, as a young lad, 
uh, unlicensed too, but you know, you, I don't know if you did that to drive the Passat and the 323. But one thing about the 323, it was a trouble-free car. The only problem was, you hit the nail on the head, it rusted. And that's the only thing, the engine never gave up on that car, Adam. Yes, uh, Shafari, as you can see, it, it survived <laughs> beginner drivers four times in a row and uh, came through with flying colors. Uh, but yes, you'd always find rust forming around the windscreen at the front and at the back, at the rear windscreen as well, Shafari. Yeah, living in the, you know, uh, near the south coast, and uh, we, our cars are always prone to rust. So those cars that, that you buy in Johannesburg, they guarantee they are rust-free, Adam? Well, they always advertise them as spotless, uh, single driver, old lady from Johannesburg. So there's a thought <laughs> after cars, and I suppose that uh, sales talk. So it may be a Durban car shepherd, but if they're using the right Maguire's or Mother's product, they can keep it in tip-top condition and sell it as a Jobber car shepherd. When you had that, Adam's giving you a tip this morning, I mean this evening, of what you must use. Your favorite car, Adam? Uh, remember back fondly the Mazda MX-6 uh, Shepard had a black one. Uh, black wasn't the standard color. I think they uh, they had to um, produce a minimum of 10 to get the, the uh, Mazda uh, MX-6 in black. And I uh, remember buying it from a dealer in Newcastle. Uh, so we had to drive up all the way to Newcastle and, and bring this banking new car down to Durban. Uh, to me, it was like a Porsche. It was had such a slick design, and it was so far ahead of its time. And uh, used it for many, many years with uh, lots of uh, fond memories in that car as well. Now, lovely memories are coming through. And uh, you know, Adam, as you say, you know, do you do paint matching or uh, things like that? Because uh, you know, people go to uh, you know if they have a scratch or a dent, and uh, you know, people matching the paint to now it's done to perfection. What are they using? Are they using a computer or uh, you know special uh, technology, or you can put your cell phone and just uh, click on the car, and it'll tell you exactly. Yeah, this is the paint color. This is the mixture, Adam. Yes, Shafat. Uh, color matching is uh, pretty much an art form, and you do get uh, in some panel shops uh, color matches that are really talented. Uh, they call it eyeballing the paint. They'll just look at the like, let's say a sample of the uh, tank flap. They'll bring that to the to the color matcher, and uh, he will start off with certain base colors, and he will add the different tints to it, um, and he'll keep he'll, he'll dab it onto a, a little piece of paper or a little piece of Zintex, and uh, hold it up into the sun and see if it matches. And that's pretty much eyeballing the the color. Um, many years ago, I did have a paint mixing department in my shop, and uh, they also provide a solution where you have the exact formula for each of the colors that uh, are made up for cars. So you'll have a specific um, make and model of a car uh, and a specific color name. You'll match that in the formula book. And then you'll have a whole rack of all the tints. You switch the machine on and all of these um, stirrers start stirring up these tints. And then you would pour uh, each tint according to the, the grams. You know, it, it, it was based on a scale and it'll be like, 2.378 grams of this particular color and 10.568 grams of this particular color. And you mix all that up and uh, it brings you exactly to that uh, uh, original color. But as you know, over the years, the, even the original color will change and will fade. And that's where the skill of the paint mixer comes in, Shafat, where they can actually eyeball it and get the color matching even better than using the uh, pure formula.
I tell you, Adam, you're raving. You are raving on the segment. <laughs> and everything is perfect. Let's check your exhaust, how it's burning. Come check here, Lucolo. Hey, hey, perfect gray. Gray. And it's spitting some water to brilliant, Adam. You're doing a brilliant uh, show this evening. Now, Adam, how would you make out an unlicensed driver? You know, you there you are driving on the road. Hey, check this out, man. He's not indicating and he's going left and right. How do you make out an unlicensed driver on the road? You know, Shafat, uh, if you try and gauge that by the behavior of drivers on the road, it will seem like 90% of the drivers are unlicensed. Um, being on our road, Shafat, it uh, really takes a lot more patience than being a fisherman. I can happily sit on the shore or sit on the boat with a line in the water <laughs> waiting for a bite. But uh, lately, drivers have so much been testing my patience. And I keep telling myself, don't hoot at them. Don't flash your light to them because road, road rage is so real and you don't know who you might uh, um, offend, even if they are in the wrong shapat. Uh, lately, I've seen cars coming across uh, through red lights and it's green for you, but they just bully their way through and uh, you know, you just can't do anything. And I keep holding myself back and say, you know what? Just let it go. Just let it go. And it's really quite a, quite a test of patience, Shafat. Now, as you said, you're a gentleman, right? But I got a lot of my friends. They say, hey, you know, Shaf, <laughs> when I leave the house, I use all the superlatives. I said, what superlatives? He said, you know what I mean, man. <laughs> when you're driving there, you can't, this guy is actually literally on the... I said, oh, okay. And then here they can from the start to the end. In me and the flow, we're giving it a go. So you know what's going on. I mean, how many do that, Adam? Hey, they're superlatives. They're using the, you know, that unsavory superlatives. Yeah, Shafat, no matter how bad it gets on the road, uh, no matter how blatantly people flog the rules, I say to myself in my mind, but did I die? And if I say, no, I didn't die, then I say, fine, let it go. <laughs> you know, just, just walk away from it. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 even, uh, don't even lose any energy over it, Shafat. So I've really learned to turn a blind eye. And the more I do the Shafat, the more they are out there to challenge me somehow. Now, that's a brilliant advice. I know you're a cool, calm, and collected guy. And Allah bless you for that. Now, what's your most unattractive color on a car, Adam? You know, color choice is such an artistic thing, Shafat. I just can't imagine anything being unattractive. Even as ugly as that mustard color was on the Mazda 323, it has certain beauty to, to me and my brothers because of all the fond memories uh, and that, that ride it provided for us in our really impressionable years coming through from uh, standard six, which is now grade eight, all the way to metric, and even going through our metric functions, et cetera, in that car. So even that ugly mustard color is beautiful in my eyes, Shafat. Ah, yeah, that is etched in your memory and, you know, an emotional attachment. Now, can you remember the day when you went for your driver's license? And did you get your license at the first, uh, you know, first go, Adam? Yes, Shafar, I think uh, I failed my learner's license the first time around and then uh, went for that again. But uh, when I did my uh, driver's license, it was uh, plain sailing because I had lots of driving experience. But talking about licenses, I remember fondly uh, when my younger sister went for her learners, I actually went and wrote my learners again with her because uh, I was uh, applying to get a motorbike license. And even if you have a driving license, you still have to do your learners again. 
and then go for the motorbike license. So it was quite funny. Uh, my sister is probably about nine years younger than me, and she was going for her learners the first time, and I was sitting in the same room and uh, doing my learners again, Shabazz. Ah, lovely story to share there, Adam. And tell me, uh, you know, the uh, motorbike uh, license, uh, what do you have to do? How do they test you? Yes, Shafar, the motorbike license, uh, it's, you're basically learning all the same rules of the road as uh, for a car, but there are a few specific things regarding the lights on the motorbike, et cetera, that they will test you in the, in the learner's section. Um, the practical side, they will take you uh, into the grounds and they would ask you to perform certain maneuvers so they can check on your uh, clutch control and your brake and your turning, uh, and, uh, et cetera. Uh, so it's 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 similar to a, a um, practical test in a car, but it's just adapted for motorbike shepherd. So you know you get the 50 cc, you get the 500 cc. Uh, you you must have even for the 50 cc, you must have a license, uh, Adam, motorbike. Yes, Shabar, I think 50 cc upwards you must have. I had a 125 cc motorbike, which isn't really very fast. I wasn't really interested in high speed and. Uh, riding superbikes, etc. I just wanted to be licensed because uh, if I had the opportunity to travel overseas, I could hire a motorbike. I'd have my license and I could hire a motorbike and tour around. There was one trip that I made uh, to Phuket uh, where I was able to hire a motorbike. And what an amazing adventure that was, just riding around the island, exploring all the places, stopping where there was like uh, fruit juice stalls and uh, stopping at food places and viewpoints. It really was a spectacular trip, Shabazz. Now, with me, Adam, I had a 50cc, you know, and uh, what I used to do, it was more for, like my Namaz bike. As soon as the Azan was going, hey, I got into the bike and I used to make it. And they, you know, Morana Harun uh, Rehmullah, his uh, son, uh, Muhammad, uh, he used to hey, uh, take all the small, small kids, take them around the mosque, give them a bike ride. They called me motorbike uncle after that. But then as we moved on, uh, you know, we uh, gave all that up. But uh, today, how safe is, uh, you know, riding a bike uh, like uh, yesteryear? Is it safer? I mean, with all the uh, robberies going on and, you know, people's uh, fear factor is even higher. Uh, uh, do they steal motorbikes, uh, Adam? Yes, Shafar, talking about your younger days and uh, riding the bike to mosque, etc. I'm sure you know someone who is a real, real old-timer uh, bike fanatic, and that's Butch, your good friend Butch. <laughs> I believe he was quite a fast rider in, in his day as well, Shafat. Uh, yes, motorbikes are, are um, a theft risk, uh, but like anything in South Africa, you just have to uh, take your precautions and make sure it's well insured, Shafat. Now, forget, I mean, Butch, beside the motorbike, uh, Adam, Butch was well known for like revving the car and spinning the tires. I don't know how many tires he must have, uh, <laughs> you know, worn out there, but Butch was well known for that. And he stood the whole town, you see, he knew how to irritate them. And he said, hey, man, that must be Butch <laughs> flying down the road and did that. But Butch is very fond of you and uh, always has a good word for you, Adam. So you, Butch, and the later Hash, Hashim are very close. I know that. And, uh, you know, I can't believe the time really flies. Uh, think of Hashim and so forth. Uh, let's talk about cell phone drivers. Uh, what do you do, Adam? I mean, most of the people, when you're driving, you look at the truck driver, he's on the phone. You look at the taxi driver, he's on the phone. And they're driving. What do you tell people like this, Adam? Yes, Shafat. You know, um, reading your text and even replying to text, texts while you're driving is, is, is such a hazardous thing. As you know, there's lots of deaths uh, on the road due to drunken driving. 
but they say that uh, texting while driving is even worse because you are totally, totally distracted from uh, a drunken driver will still be looking directly at the road. But if you are texting and driving, you are looking down. Uh, you, you, you can't anticipate what the car ahead of you is going to do. And you can't anticipate if there's a bend coming up in the road. And the worst thing is, you, you know, you can imagine driving at a certain speed uh, with traffic ahead of you. And you're looking down at your phone to um, uh, read a message or reply to a message. And that car, something happens in front of the car in front of you. So he has to slow down and you don't notice that person slowing down and you crash into him from the back. That's absolutely the worst. Innocent lives can get involved. So uh, using your phone in any way is really uh, extremely dangerous while driving Shafat. Then you find this uh, issues of trucks, you know, every day there's a truck crash and uh, many of the accidents are they're blaming the trucks. Our roads are compromised, a lot of potholes and so forth. I mean, if I made you Minister of uh, Transport for the day, what changes will you bring about, Adam? Yes, Shafat. Um, I think uh, the traffic on the roads has increased dramatically since the rail infrastructure has collapsed, Shafat. All the goods that's being transported around the country from the Durban ports all the way up into Johannesburg or from factories that are manufacturing around the country coming down, sending the goods down to the port. Uh, previously, a lot of that could have been done through rail and that uh, you know takes a lot of pressure off the roads. Now, uh, there's, there's a lot more trucks on the road and um, uh, that, that's, that's causing a lot of congestion and uh, trucks being used for a very long time, maybe not maintained. Uh, efficiently also leads to like uh, brake failure, etc., and that can cause uh, accidents apart. Uh, then the condition of the roads is another huge factor. Um, I was absolutely gobsmacked when I visited my relatives in Staniton to see how degraded those roads are. Some sections of the road apart, it's not a road, it's actually a crater. And when I say crater, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, you know, you actually have to come to a stop and drive around it into the opposite lane and then come back onto your lane, Shafat. It's so, so bad. And it's been getting worse and worse for for, for decades. So if I had to change anything, Shafat, uh, to basically um, revive the rail network and um, reorganize all the, the roads, make sure maintenance is done and all the potholes are filled and uh, regular maintenance on our roads, Shafat. You know, Adam, you're looking at our freeway also. is uh, I can't believe it. It's, uh, roads are literally cracking, but uh, now they're tarring the other end. Uh, let's hope and pray that uh, that comes around. But when you're driving on the freeway, you'll find two lanes, you know, trucks like uh, tailgating each other. Then you come into Spingo Beach. As you come in, it has become a truck city. Uh, literally, trucks, you know, you, you, you have to navigate through them to get onto the, onto the freeway. And, you know, it's a certain suburbs, uh, you know, the, even look at Clearwood uh, being captured by trucks. And, uh, you know, it's not fair on people that are living in the suburbs or near these areas that you are captured by truck. And as you said, uh, the only way to solve that problem is to bring uh, back the infrastructure of uh, railways and so forth. And then I don't know if you remember the, uh, the culture of buses. You know, there was once upon a time the bus culture, the bus from Chatsworth to Clearwood, from Clearwood to Durban. And everyone enjoyed themselves. There were hardly any taxis at that time. But that culture is uh, perhaps a dissipating, uh, Adam? Yes, uh, Shafat. I remember from my younger days taking the bus from uh, Amsterdam to, to Durban and even from Durban back to Amsterdam. It was quite a regular mode of transport for us. And I think a lot of the youth today are spoiled with uh, 
uh, daddy driving them or mommy driving them around or using uh, taxis, as you mentioned, or even uh, the the e-hailing services like Uber. Uh, you know, it's, everything has become mm. must be instant gratification. They can't they can't tolerate standing at a bus stop waiting for a scheduled bus. They want to check on the app to see how many minutes away the, the nearest car is and just jump on, onto an Uber and get to the destination, Shepard. Yeah, you know, uh, people may tell you, Adam, you know, because of the culture of, uh, you know, you go with your car and sometime when you come out, your car is not there because uh, they hijacked all the time. And uh, maybe the safer bet is a Uber. You take a Uber, it drops you at the venue. As soon as the function's over, hey, it's back to pick you up and bring you back. Uh, you know, will that be a better bet, Adam? Yes, Shepard, it's always pros and cons. Uh, you know, if you just use the public transport uh, very rarely, then it's much cheaper to just use it when you need it. You don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about a designated driver. Uh, you don't have to worry about maintenance, insurance, fuel. All those bills are out the window. But if you use a vehicle daily, then it becomes too expensive to use uh, um, taxis or mm. Uber services, Shepard. Well, uh, Adam, uh, let's end up on this note. Uh, you know, you, you are very meticulous. You're someone that, uh, you know, keeps everything uh, tip-top. Now, whilst you're giving someone a lift and, uh, you know, you notice that this person, your, your, your bucky is clean and, you know, you just had it vacuumed and so forth, and this guy opens up a pack of chips and he starts eating and dropping it all over. Uh, will that irritate you, Adam? The chips and pies, Shepard, you know, when they take out a flaky pie and they want to start eating. But uh, <laughs> generally with, with my group of friends, Shepard, you know, we, we'll stop at a, like a one-stop or an ultra city and we'll buy some hot coffee and we'll take, then we'll take out our pies and everyone will bring the Tupperwares together. And we'll pr- probably like eat over the bonnet, you know, uh, or, or we'll find a table and chair, like a picnic spot. But uh, very rarely do we eat uh, in, in the car, Shepard. You know, we um, pretty much follow our breakfast and lunch and supper routine, so we're not really nibblers in between, so we don't have the habit of, uh, you know, in the middle of a, of a road trip, just take, open, opening up packets of chips that they're trying eating in the car. Now, Adam, you know what? You're a natural, isn't it? You're a natural broadcaster. I mean, you enjoyed yourself. You're cool, calm, collected, and you gave us a story. Did you enjoy yourself this evening, Adam? Yes, it was fantastic, Shafat. And uh, before I go, I'd just love to mention that my brother AK is involved in logistics and he's presenting tomorrow at a logistics conference at the ICC and uh, he's invited Dad and myself. So we'll be joining him tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. to listen to his keynote address uh, at the ICC, Shafat. Well, uh, AK, you make us uh, proud. And there's uh, our Adam too. AK also, Adam Camda. <laughs> Brilliant, Adam. Adam, you know what? You have a... All right. You have a beautiful, mashallah, evening ahead. And maybe I'll give you a second parting words. You know, your cousins around the world, they tune in when you come on. What do you want to tell your cousins and all your other relatives throughout the world? Yes, yes Shafar. You know, you jog so many memories of mine. And talking about motorcycles, etc., uh, brings to mind my closest friend, Imran Ahmed, who's running a motorcycle shop in Amshlanga called Twisted Trails. If you are into adventure bikes and looking for uh, all the accessories and uh, and uh, riding wear that you, that you'd like to to, to buy, uh, give it give it a, a look up. He's got an online store. He's got a physical store. He does retail and wholesale. It's Twisted Trails in Amshlanga. Well, we didn't have a twisted drive. We enjoyed ourselves this evening, Adam. You have and once again a big jazakallah khair for you for coming in the last minute. 
but making the show superb. You have a beautiful, lovely evening ahead. And inshallah, Adam, I hope to have you soon on this uh, segment again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Salam to you and the listeners. Yes, our Adam Kamda, they're really doing his uh, powerful driving this evening. You enjoyed that, Lukolo? I enjoyed it. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.